Actually, I'm going to be pretty heavy scripture today because I need you to know that this is an opinion. This is backed by God's word. And if it's God's word, it's also God's promise. And that's very important. And so uh, we're going to look at a couple scriptures here. I'm going to, before I'm going to give you some definitions and some things from the Old Testament, because it's important to know is that God has always been a healer. Always, throughout Scripture, New Testament, Old Testament, God, Jesus didn't show up and do the first miracles. God was already doing them long before Jesus ever made an appearance on the earth. And he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, the Bible says. And, And so in the Old Testament, we see in Exodus chapter 15... Verses 26 or 25 and 26, the Bible actually tells us in the Old Testament because obviously uh, under that time frame, if you will, that people didn't get to experience or know God the way that we do today. They didn't have the Bible to go read. They didn't have the stories to go read uh, to really know God. And so God would reveal himself by his names, his character, his nature. And so, uh, you know, there's anywhere from seven to 12, what they call covenant names, depending on who you ask. But they're always preceded by the name Jehovah, which Jehovah simply means God. And so it would be like today, I'm going to talk to you about Jehovah Rapha. It's the Lord God who heals. That's his name, right? How many of you are familiar with the passage of scripture where Abraham takes Isaac up onto the mountaintop to really uh, offer him as a sacrifice to the Lord and God provides a ram in the thicket? How many of you are familiar with that? Well, that's called Jehovah. What? Anybody know? Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God who provides, right? And and so it's important. Why? Because this is who God is. It is his nature. It is his character. And and so here this name that comes out of Exodus 15, and we won't go into the story of it. You can go read it later if you would like to. But it literally means uh, uh, that I am the Lord God who heals, is that he he reveals himself this way primarily because of what? It's what separates God from every other belief system in the world. Is that healing is something that God alone does. And he is the one, I almost entitled this series, the one, O-N-E, who heals. Why? Because he's the only one that can bring about healing and the promise of that in our life. The word Jehovah, by definition, is actually the self-existent one who reveals himself. Say, well, where did God come from? He was. He's always been there. He's, he goes, he's outside of time, which we're so locked into time that we have and can struggle greatly with this, is that God has been around for all of time, all of history, all of all of existence for lack of a better term. And so he has to reveal himself and he does this sometimes through his names. And so this name Rapha does mean healer. An alternate definition is this is your physician. I am the Lord, your doctor. I am the Lord, your physician. I am the Lord, your caretaker. I am the one who watches over you and will take care of you. And that's part of what this name means. And really when we come down to healing, say, well, why does God heal? It's very simple because he loves us. It's an expression of the love of God to us and for us. And so really, if you are convinced that God loves you, you should also be convinced that God will heal you, that God will provide for you, that God will work on your behalf. And and really it is this is that why does God pay attention? Because you matter to him. He sees you and he knows you and his desire is that you would be whole and well. As a matter of fact, Jesus paid the price on the cross so that you could be made whole. Now that word whole does not just mean like I'm no longer sick. It actually means like that there's no residual effects 
from what it was and what those consequences were of whatever it may have been. In Psalms 107 verse 20, the scriptures say this, is that God has sent his word and he has healed them and he has delivered them from all destruction. God sent his word. Well, why, why did God send his word? Because faith gets stirred up by the word of God. And it's important that we know God's word because Romans says it this way, is that faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. You're like, well, what is faith? It is belief. It is, I believe that God's word is true. I believe that what God said to me, he is faithful to do it, to bring it about in my life. And it doesn't mean that we don't have doubts. It just means that we believe in spite of those doubts. Sometimes we can get in the mindset or the thought, like I have to have great faith to see God do something. But that's not what Jesus said. In Mark 11, he says, if you just have faith like a mustard seed, it's a tiny little seed. He said, you could say into this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. There's, there's multiple places in scripture. One of my favorite ones is where uh, Jairus, which we're actually, in, we're going to look at part of his story, but he's not really in. But he comes to Jesus and says that his daughter was, was at the point of death. And, 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 you know, all these things happen in the story. And, but there's this moment where they come and say, hey, Jairus, your daughter has passed away. Don't, don't bother Jesus anymore. Jesus looks at him and says, just believe. And he makes this super honest statement, which is, Lord, I do believe, but help my unbelief. Say it this way. Is it help my limitation? Like Jesus, I know what I've just heard, but help my limitation in believing you. Because when we believe God's word, that's all that it takes for God to do something in our life. Regardless if it's physically, whether it's mentally, whether it's emotionally, God wants us to be whole and well. And many times, We can be dealing with things and putting up with things and tolerating things in our life that Jesus says, that's not, I paid the price for you to not have to deal with that. And it's important that we know God's word. Now, I want to share the story of two ladies this morning with you specifically from scripture. And we're going to have a time here in a little bit that we're actually going to pray and we're going to activate our corporate faith in regards to healing. And so today, as I said, I'm going to be talking primarily about the physical realm. But I need you to hear is that it doesn't matter what you're dealing with. If you're hurting, Jesus is the healer. If you're lacking, Jesus is the answer. The Bible says over and over and over again that he went about doing good and healing all. When John the Baptist's disciples came to Jesus and says, hey, John sent us to see if you're really the Messiah or if we need to keep looking for somebody else. Jesus, this is how he defined that he was the Messiah. He says, go back and tell him that the blind see, the deaf hear, the mute begin to talk, and the sick are healed. Those all sound like healing to me. And that was the thing that Jesus said, this is what confirms that I am the Messiah is the fact that I'm doing wonders and miracles in your midst. And and this was part of Jesus' ministry. And this is what I need you to understand, is that it's not just part of his old ministry, his biblical ministry. He is still the God. He is still the one who heals us and works for us. And the Bible says even prays for us at God's right hand. And so in Matthew chapter 15, we're going to look at this first passage of scripture. And, and, and I told you, I'm going to give you quite a bit of scripture today. I'm going to attempt at my best to teach you. I'm not really a teacher, but I, I will give you some things today. Um, but, uh, and these are important because if you're going to receive healing, it's not hard 
But you do have to understand the word of God. And there are some basics here that I want to share with you. And so, and I've highlighted a few words and I'll explain why they're significant. And it picks up here in verse 22 and it says that a Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading. Now, I've highlighted the word Gentile because this is important to know for you to understand what's about to be said. The Gentiles had no rights, which by the way, unless you're Jewish, you're a Gentile. So unless you have some Jewish heritage, this lady is your kinfolk, right? But it's important to know is that the children of Israel had promises from God. They had things that God said, I will do this for you. And one of those things was healing. And yet this woman hears that Jesus is a healer and she comes to him. And it picks up and it says that she goes to Jesus, begging him, pleading with him. And it says, have mercy on me. Which in other words, she says, look, I know what I'm about to ask for. I don't deserve, but I'm asking you to have mercy on me. And she says, uh, and I think it's interesting. She says, oh Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed with a demon and that torments her severely. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Jesus completely ignores this lady. Completely. I mean, you talk about like being politically correct or just socially correct or just being gracious. Nope. He completely ignores this lady. And it says that it got so bad that the disciples begin to urge him to send her away. Tell her to go away. She's bothering us with all of her begging. So, I mean, these are a few words, but this lady is making a scene. I mean, the disciples are like, come on, Jesus. Like, if you're not going to acknowledge her, at least tell her to leave. Right. And yet it goes on and it says, but and then Jesus finally says to the woman, he says, I was sent. To help God's lost people or the lost sheep, the people of Israel. In other words, you can say it this way. The people that have a covenant with God. They have an agreement. Let me say it in our modern terminology. They have a contract with God. We don't understand covenant many times, but covenant is everything that's yours is mine. The closest thing that, that we have today to this would be that of a husband and a wife. Is that It's not just a license. It's a covenant. Right? Everything that I have belongs to Dare. Everything that she has belongs to me. We share everything. That's a covenant. And what Jesus is saying is that I have a covenant with the children of Israel that everything that I have in me belongs to them. And my paraphrase is, ma'am, I'm not called to you. I'm called to, to, to reach them. And it says that, but even in that, I mean, this lady just got some, lack of a better term, got some nerve about her. But I kind of like her. Because she's like, she ignores Jesus now. Like he ignores her. And she's like, hey, I can do that too. And uh, so I don't care what you just said. And it says that she came and she began to worship him, pleading with him again, Lord, help me. And then Jesus makes a statement and says, it's not right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. Now, before he ignored her, now he's insulted her. But this was actually the thought of the day is Gentiles were less than the Jewish people. And Jesus makes a statement and she responds. I mean, like what brilliance, right? With her response here. Because she could have been completely offended and just said, you know what? I don't need your healing anyways. I'm out of here. But apparently he was probably the last resort because she wouldn't stop. And I love her response. And she says, you know, that's true, Lord. But even the dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath the master's table. She said, Lord, I understand that I don't deserve this, but I'm close enough to you that even I deserve the scraps that fall on the floor. What a statement. 
That she just has this understanding and really this faith in Jesus. And he responds. And, and I believe that his faith had to light up in this moment. And he says, dear woman, your faith is great. Because he's thinking, man, I've been trying to get rid of you. I've been, I mean, I tried to ignore you. I tried to offend you. You still won't leave. And, and wow, what a statement that you've just made. And he says, your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. Instantly, her daughter was healed and made whole. In a moment, because of this lady's faith, you could say it this way, because of her tenacity to believe God and his, and his promises over everything else, that she received the healing that she was after for her daughter. You know, and I think that many times is that, and let me say it this way, is that she was thoroughly convinced if Jesus prayed, her daughter would be made whole. Didn't mean that she didn't have doubts. Didn't mean that there weren't alternatives. It just meant that she had focused. She had set her attention that when Jesus would pray, that she would be made whole. Now, we don't know if the girl was there. We don't know if the daughter was away. We don't know. We don't know the details of the story, but we do know that this lady came with a heart of faith and Jesus called it great faith. And he says, but because of your faith, I'm going to work on your behalf. This is what the story says. Now, one thing I want you to catch out of this, and you may have missed it when I read over it, is that Jesus responded when she she began to worship him. And he said, it's not right to take the food from the children, right? So you can say it like this, is that healing actually is the children's bread according to Scripture. Well, how many of you are a child of God today? Jesus took away the divide between Jew and Gentile. And so if healing belonged to the Jews by covenant, guess what? who it belongs to now? It belongs to us. Why? Because we are now the children of God. So I'm not begging God to do something for me that he's not already said that he would do. I'm not trying to pray past his reluctance. I'm not trying to pray him out of hesitation. No, I'm just getting in line with his word, getting my heart and my focus in line with his word. Why? So that I can see him work and that I can see him move and I can see God do what may seem to be impossible. You know, things are impossible until God shows up. I mean, the Bible is full of impossible story after impossible story after impossible story. And when God shows up, the impossible is all of a sudden very possible. And it's not hard and it's not complicated. And so Jesus says that healing is the children's bread. And if we're the children of God, then we can partake of it because it belongs to us. We're not trying to convince or work God into a moment. We're not trying to create this emotional response. That's not at all what it is. What we're saying is, God, I see in your word what you've said, and I believe your word. The same faith that it took for you to get saved is the same faith that it will take for you to get healed. It's not greater faith, and it's not different faith. It's coming in line with God's word to see it about in our life. The second account that I want to share with you of a lady in scripture here comes in Mark chapter 5. And this is in the middle of Jairus' story, by the way. I'm, we're not going to read all of his story because of this, just for time. But Jesus is on the way to go heal somebody else. And a woman comes up and the Bible tells us a little bit about her. Starting in Mark chapter 5, we're going to read verses 20, or 25 through 34. But I want you to get a picture of, of where this lady is at. And it says, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years, constantly bleeding. 
is that she had suffered a great deal from many doctors and over the years had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had only, but she had gotten, or, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she'd gotten worse. So here's this lady's report. She's spent everything. She's done everything. She's gone everywhere. She's been everywhere. She's talked to all the people that know all the stuff and she just keeps getting worse. So now not only is she sick, now she's also broke because she spent all that she had. And it says this in in such an important part. It says that she had heard about Jesus. Well, what did she hear about Jesus? That when when, when people got around him, that healing began to happen. That things begin to work, that impossible situations begin to change. And so it says that she came up behind him because Jesus is with Jairus. And if you knew a miracle was about to happen, wouldn't you stick kind of close to Jesus? And by this time he had a reputation. And so they get word that, hey, Jairus' daughter was sick. Now she's dead and Jesus is going. We're about to, I mean, if I told you, I'm going to walk out the back doors and go pray for somebody who's dead and they're about to raise back to life. How many of you would stay in your seat? I don't think I would have to invite you. I think you'd be like, I'm going to go see what he's about to say. Is this really about to happen? I mean, but so Jesus has a throng of people who are going with him. Now, this woman that you have, and you have to know this is important about the story, is that because of her condition, she was not allowed to be in public. She was the, basically the equivalent of a leper. And they had a, a special community away from everybody else where they had to stay. And she wasn't allowed to be around anybody. And so Jesus has a mob, a throng of people, and she's pressing through that crowd. Her thought is probably like, I'm going to die anyways. What's the worst they can do to me? But if I can get to Jesus, I've heard about Jesus. I've heard the stories and and faith begin to rise in her heart. If I can only make it to him, if I can get to him. And and the Bible says that, that she came up behind him in the crowd and she touched his robe. She didn't even touch him. She just grabbed the, 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 the hem of his garment, just grabbed it. For she thought to herself, so her internal dialogue, her talking to herself was this. If I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. If I can just get, if I can just get close enough to even just touch his, his clothes, I'm going to be made whole. And you're like, well, why did she have to touch his, his robe? I assume that she had heard that somebody else had touched his robe. And that was her point of contact. There wasn't anything significant about his garment per se, but she had heard somewhere it had to. She had heard somewhere that somebody had touched his garment and when they did, they were, be, they were made whole. And it says, and immediately the bleeding stopped within her and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. It was an instantaneous miracle in a moment. Now, I've had God do instantaneous miracles in my life. I've also had God do miracles in the process of time. You're like, well, why? When you figure that out, you come let me know. I'm not God and I trust him with the timing of things. I don't understand it. But what I do know is that God does do instant things and God does do things even in the process of time. Now, what's the difference? I don't know. I wish I had an answer. I don't trust anybody who says they know, by the way. Just side note. Like, well, you mean if somebody prays for me and I don't get healed, I guess I just didn't get healed. No, that's not what it means. 
Sometimes it, it, it maybe takes a little bit of time. Maybe it takes, I mean, sometimes it takes time. You're like, well, why? I don't know. But if you get healed, does it matter? If God works in your life, does it really matter? And so it says here that, that this woman touches him. She's instantly healed. And it says, and Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd. A mob of people are thronging him. And he says, hey, who touched me? And the disciples are like, are you serious? Like Jesus, you can't hardly walk. What do you mean who touched you? Everybody's trying to touch you. And Jesus makes a statement. And he, well, he starts looking around. And, and I like one translation says it this way. is No, somebody really touched me. Like everybody else is just trying to have this moment. But somebody has, has done something. And it says he began to look around. And it says, and then the frightened woman trembling at the realization of what had happened to her came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what, had, what, told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Again, the element here. Now we can make it that, and, and this is important because Jesus did pay the price for our healing. But that price has already been paid. Jesus doesn't continually pay the price for our healing. So what helps bring about health and wholeness into our life? It's faith. It's believing God's word, that his word is true above every other opinion. Now, I'm not telling you to ignore things in your body because I've been around a few folks. How are you doing? Oh, I'm blessed and healed. You're sick as a dog. Like, don't lie to yourself, number one. Faith does not mean I don't have symptoms. Now, I don't need to walk around continually speaking uh, things that are against God's word. Why? Because Proverbs tells us that we will have what we say. So our confession is, Father, I thank you that you're working in my body right now. I thank you that healing is manifesting in me, through me, for me, according to your word. Father, I thank you that Jesus took stripes upon his back so that I could be made whole and well. And I thank you that these symptoms cannot stand in my body. But they have to give way to the power of the Spirit of God right now. Romans says it this way, that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead will quicken or empower or strengthen your physical body. I could keep going because there's a lot of scriptures that I could start quoting to you. But it's important. Why? Because every time that I begin to declare those things, faith begins to rise up in my heart. And God is waiting for his word to be believed upon. There's an activeness to our faith. Now, this word here, and I I just want to show it to you quickly. This word where she had made the statement, it says, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. That word in the Greek is actually sozo. S-O-Z-O, sozo. And it's actually the word where we get saved or salvation from. So when we say, hey, I'm saved by Jesus, what we're actually saying is I have received sozo from Jesus. Well, it doesn't just mean eternal salvation. It actually, by definition, means to, to deliver, to protect, to heal, to preserve, to do well, or to be made whole. To be made whole. And so when we get saved, we have all of these blessings. We have God's provision. We have God's peace. We have God's joy. We have God's healing is made available to us because he's not withholding anything from us. If salvation is a buffet, all lines are open. 
the, you know, they're not saving good things in the back for the really spiritual people. One of the greatest miracles in my life that happened, I didn't even really have the faith for it. It happened in a moment and God surprised me by it. I'll keep it very brief. They told me when I was in college, I was 19 years old. And they told me I'd have reconstructive surgery on both of my knees before I was 24. I'm about to be 42 and I've never had surgery in my life. And God instantly healed me in a moment. And there were structural reasons why that they were saying, hey, there are certain things, that blah, 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 all these things. And I was in a church service and somebody walked up to me. And I was just standing there praying, you know, just waiting to be prayed for. And then they said, what do you want? And I have no clue why. I, I mean, I, all sincere. The thought had never crossed my mind. I said, I want new knees. The guy prays for me. Within a minute, I felt like I was like on shocks or something. I don't even know how to explain it. It's the craziest thing. I can't explain it, but you know what? I am glad it happened. Because I, I mean, I couldn't walk up a flight of stairs. I'd been an athlete my whole life and active and ran and jumped and did all kinds of things. And God healed me in a moment. I mean, if I was 19, I'm almost 42, however many years that is, I've never had knee pain again. So I'm not telling you something that I don't know about. I have personal experience in this. When I talk about even in our soulless realm, I know that God would heal me because I've seen him do it in my own life. When I didn't know how to fix me, I'm thankful that Jesus did. And so there are areas and ways that God wants to come into our life and work for us. See, healing and wholeness is already yours. If you're a child of God, it belongs to you. You're not trying to convince God of anything. He wants to do it. Why? Because he loves you. Healing is an expression of his love. Because the, and I've already said this, but the, the reality is, is that anything is possible when God's word is believed. Anything is possible. And you're like, yeah, but I, I prayed and nothing happened. Look, I've had times where I've prayed. And I've not seen the answer that I desired. Like, well, what do I do? It didn't work. I keep believing. I don't back off because why? God's word is true and his word will always be true. Regardless of what I think or how I think or what I think, I have lots of questions for God. I have lots of times that I maybe didn't get the answer that I wanted when I wanted, how I wanted it. And that's an area I just have to trust the Lord in. But it doesn't change the fact that God's word is true and his power is available to us. It's still true. In Acts 10, 38, it talks about this and it says that you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. It says, then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed or afflicted by the devil for God was with him. See, we don't have to look to anybody to heal us. You don't have to wait for whoever you may deem as this spiritual giant to come pray for you. No, the Bible says a faith-filled prayer. It says if two or three would gather as touching anything together in unity, what? I would do it according to his, his word or according to his will for your life. And so, you know, I realize that many of you may be dealing with things. You may have physical symptoms in your body right now. You may have things going on. There may be things going on in the undercurrent of your soul that you've never talked about. And there's wounds of the past and there's discouragement and there's frustration. And, and there's all of these things that are happening 
And it could be a lot of things. It may be relational pain. Guess what? Jesus wants to heal that. You may have lost a job or had a failed company. And and so you feel like, well, I royally screwed that up. And so I'm a failure. Jesus wants to replace that thought with who he says about you. Why? Because he wants to remove the sting and the stain of that from your heart. It may be something that somebody has said to you. Maybe a parent or an influential person or somebody that had a great impact. And it left a negative view of yourself. Well, Jesus wants to deliver you from that thought. This is what he does. He is the one who heals. He's the one that brings about um, what he desires and what he came to do. He is still in the restoration, the healing, the delivering business. This is who he is. We're not trying to create somebody different. He is still the same Jesus of the Bible. And so what I want to do this morning is we're going to have a time of ministry. And this is going to be a little different and it's fine. But, I, you know... This is just the way I felt uh, led as the Lord, as I've been praying about this time and about this moment for us together as a whole, is I want to take a moment and and pray for you that are dealing, and and it could be in your spirit, you could be dealing with some things that you just know that, I mean, scripturally speaking, you're made alive unto God. So really the issues where we need healing are really in our soul and in our body. And if that applies to you today, if you're like, man, there's some hurt from my past. There's some pain. There's some things that I know I still need Jesus to work in. And let me just say this. It's okay. God is gracious. What's not okay is to stay hurting. And there may be some areas of your life where you're you're like, man, I need to invite Jesus, the healer, into my life. And I I want him to work and I want him to move on my behalf. I've heard you say that he would heal people and he would work on their behalf. Yeah, but but I need him to do that for me. And so I'm going to ask you just to take a step of faith this morning. I'm not going to call you down front. But what I am going to ask you to do is if that applies to you on any of those, whether it be soulish, whether it be physical, but you say, man, I need the healing power of God in my life. I'm going to ask you just to stand up right where you are. You don't, I'm not going to call you down here, but just stand up where you are. Because here's what I know, is that the Bible says that God will show himself strong on your behalf. In other words, God's going to show up for you. And God wants to minister to you. Now, the rest of you who are seating down right now, I'm going to ask you to get up and go find somebody to put your hands on them. You just put your hand on their shoulder or, you know, whatever you're comfortable with. And, you know, because I believe that that God wants to minister. You're like, well, what does that mean? God wants to show himself good. God wants to show himself strong to you. And I believe that there's a, the presence of God is in this place to, to heal right now. You know, as I've been praying and sharing with those about this series, I've kept saying, uh, kind of had this phrase, is that I'm not looking for something spectacular, but I do want something significant to happen. And I believe that as we pray, Mark 11 says this. Sorry, Mark 15 says this. It says that these signs would follow those who believe. Not the preachers, not the gifted, not the spiritual elite. He said these signs will follow those who believe. It says they'll lay hands upon the sick, those who aren't well, and they will be made whole. They will be made whole. And so I want you to know, those of you that are gathered around them, you don't have to have tremendous faith. You just got to trust God. You got to trust his word. 
that God wants to work through you is that we're not the healer. We're just the conduit through which the healer works. And the Bible says that when we lay hands upon the sick, they will be made whole. They will be made well. And so I'm going to lead us just in a, a corporate prayer. And I would encourage you that are around these that you pray. Don't just listen to me pray. This is an act of all of us together, joining our faith together, where we come together that God's going to work and God's going to move in this moment. So dear Heavenly Father, I thank you right now. Father, I thank you for the faith that is in this room, the faith that is in these hearts right now. Father, we declare that you are our healer. Father, that we know in your word and we see it in your word. Father, that you desire, you revealed yourself as the God who heals. And so, Father, we thank you. Father, that you said in your word that you're no respecter of person. What you do for one, you would do for any other. And so, Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your power, your anointing to come into this place right now. Father, whether there's... uh, physical healing that needs to happen. Father, I thank you. Father, that it belongs to us as your children. Father, that we're not trying to convince you. We're not trying to work a moment up. But Father, we are tapping in to who you are. And so, Father, we thank you. Father, that you're working and you're moving. Father, I thank you that your word declares that you're near to the brokenhearted. Father, that you would bind up their wounds. Father, that you would take out the pain. And Father, you would bring in your oil of joy and of gladness and, and health and wholeness to them. And so, Father, I thank you right now. Father God, just as you've done for me and for many others, Father, I thank you that you restore the joy of our salvation. Father, I thank you that no oppression and depression can stand in your presence. Father, I thank you that you are the Lord God who delivers. Father, there's no reason or no need for us to walk around carrying the weight of the world upon our shoulders. But, Father, I thank you that for the freedom that comes through Christ alone, So, Father, I thank you. Father, for your presence, I thank you for for your ability working right now in our midst. Father, we declare that you are our healer. That you are our healer this morning. Father, we give you honor. We give you glory. We give you praise. Father, because Jesus is the one who has paid the price for us. Father, so that we can be made whole and well. And, Father, that we would give you honor and praise. For, Father, we thank you. Father, we give you praise this morning. You know, you may be here online this morning. You're like, man, I should have been in the room. I've got great news for you today is that the Bible actually says that there is no distance. There were times that Jesus would even declare things from a distance and people would be healed. And so you may be joining us online saying, man, can I get in on that prayer? Absolutely, yes. Is that the presence of God is just as available to you right now as it is in this room. And so, Father, we just thank you. Father, that you show yourself strong on our behalf. And Father, we're going to give you all honor and praise for it. In the incredible matchless name of Jesus. Amen.